The Giants got completely shut down offensively on opening day. Fortunately, though, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, and there were some positives to take out of this game. Logan Webb with a career high in strikeouts, and also, hey, some surprises at the last minute with the roster. So we'll get into all of it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, it's opening day and the mood is already spoiled as the Giants played a quick, crisp, crisp in the sense that it was fast game already and lost 5-0 to the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole just completely shut them down. The offense was pretty much lifeless. They mustered four hits. Uh, all four were singles and they had a few walks mixed in there. And the Giants struck out 16 times overall. But before you say, oh my God, the offense is terrible. 16 strikeouts proves that they're terrible. The Yankees also struck out 16 times in this game. The difference is the Yankees had double the hit total, but most importantly, the difference was that the Yankees hit two balls out of the ballpark. And if you had told me that each team would have the same number of strikeouts, but one team would have two homers off the starting pitcher and the other wouldn't, I would have guessed that the team that hit the homers off the starter would be the Giants, hitting them off Cole. Cole has more of a tendency to give up homers than Logan Webb, who's been one of the best in the game at preventing them. So kind of a weird game in that way. The Yankees are a really good team. They won 99 games last year and you know, Aaron Judge hit a home run and he hit 62 of them last year. And Garrett Cole is a really, really good, good pitcher. And so look, it's one out of 162. And so, you know, even in a 100-win season, you're going to lose 62 times in a year. And so, look, you cannot, unfortunately, I mean, it is fortunate because this was an ugly one. If you could look at this one game and make an evaluation of the Giants as a whole, then this would be a bad one. You would say the Giants are bad. But fortunately, you can't do that because it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And I think back to 2021, the Giants won 107 games that year. Opening day was a real stinker. They blew, It was a total collapse by the bullpen. They had like a 5-0 lead in the late innings, and they ended up losing the game. And, you know, in one of those innings, I think the, the in extra innings, it was like walk, 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 game over uh, because there was an automatic runner on second. And the, the point is, it was a bullpen collapse. And I remember talking about how, this doesn't necessarily mean the bullpen's going to be bad. And guess what? They led the majors. The bullpen led the majors in ERA that year. They led the majors, I believe, in walk rate. And so I was, you know, it's just because they walked some guys doesn't mean they're going to continue to walk some guys. And sure enough, the bullpen was great. The team lost on opening day and went on to win 107 games. And uh, I think back to 2012, I remember being, I think it was 2012 and not 14. I remember being so heartbroken. The Giants got swept in Arizona by the Diamondbacks in the first series of the year, 0-3. And I was just like, 
really depressed by that because obviously winning the World Series in 2010, disappointing year in 2020, excuse me, 2011, and then 2012 comes along and you're like, okay, back to prominence and they get swept by Arizona and it just felt like a gut punch. And look, they went on to win the division easily and they won the World Series again. And so you know, you just cannot read into one baseball game and even a series. You could get swept here by the Yankees and it doesn't necessarily mean a thing. I mean, it means three losses if you did get swept, but hopefully they, you know, can pick up at least a game in this series. Like I said, the Yankees are one of the best teams in the American League and they're at home. And so you're heavy underdogs in this series and just picking up a win. I think, you know, some will say that I, my expectations aren't high enough if I'm saying just get one. But really, if you come out of New York one and two, I think that that's probably the most likely scenario. And so no one would be getting too upset about that. And then it's on to Chicago, not as good of a team, still a quality team, but not as good as the New York Yankees. So you lost a game to the Yankees. So what? Turn the page. Uh, the offense, I mean, they were overwhelmed. Let's just say Garrett Cole was really, really good. I mean, he looked good to me, obviously. I mean, he went six innings, three hits, two walks, 11 strikeouts. Uh, and then Wandy Peralta, Loizaga, and Mar- Marinaccio closed it out. And I mean, the Giants, they just, they had a bad game offensively. But on the pitching side for the Giants, they had a pretty good one. And that Logan Webb, I mean, 12 strikeouts. This was a big, not big issue, but uh, something that we were watching for closely going into 2023 was Logan Webb and his ability to get strikeouts because from 2021 to 2022, he saw a significant decline in his strikeout rate. And so for him to come out against a good offense uh, on opening day and strike out 12 Yankees in six innings, a career high for Logan Webb was nice to see, but he does give up ultimately four runs. I think that the home run judge hit was just kind of a no-doubter to center. Uh, Glaber Torres got kind of a Yankee uh, stadium special with a little poke out to right field into the short porch. He walked the leadoff hitter in the seventh inning, Webb did, and that run came around to score after he was taken out of the game. So he really did deserve a better fate, and the strikeout to walk ratio, 12 Ks, two walks, shows that. And so that's my main takeaway from this game is that it was an encouraging outing for Webb, who's already really good. But if he can return to those strikeout levels from 2021 or better, then, you know, that puts him in the kind of Cy Young type of pitcher category, in my opinion. So anyway, it's time to turn the page from this one. Unfortunately, there's no game tomorrow scheduled off day due to fears about possible weather issues. But it looks like the weather might be on Saturday, so maybe should they move the game up to tomorrow instead of Saturday? I don't know. But it's time to forget about this one, turn the page, and we're going to talk about the opening day roster and some big surprises. And in fact, something that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way about a decision the Giants made, but we'll explain what they did and why I think they did it. We'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. 
all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, as promised, we are going to get more into, not the game, but into the opening day roster decisions. It was different than expected, and the Giants pulled off a trade at the last minute, and it had a lot of consequences. And so we're going to discuss what those decisions were, but also why I don't think they're necessarily long-term decisions, and they're really taking this, uh, they're just looking at the series that's ahead of them. Like I said, facing a really good team, you want to get off to a good start. It wasn't a good start today, but you've got two more games in New York to try to turn it around. I remember in 2020, this is another example uh, the Giants got beat up on opening day, and then I think they definitely won at least one of the, and this was against the Dodgers, a really good Dodgers team. People were talking about how bad the Giants looked, and then they ended up maybe winning two out of three or splitting a four-game series, at least winning one, and it was like the next day, and they just looked much better. And then also later on that season, the Giants started out 2020 8-16. They were 8-16 and 16 through 24 games, and before the 60 game season was over, they were over 500 at some point. They were like, you know, I forget exactly what it was, 29 and 27 or something. So even if you start a miserable 8 and 16, that wasn't, it didn't doom them even through 60 games. They were right there around 500 when the season ended. So look, one game certainly, it's not like we're talking about 24 games here and being 8 and 16. Obviously, that would stink, but it didn't, you know, being 8 and 16 even isn't. And I, I mean, man, you think about the the Braves in 2021, they had a bad record to start the year. The Nationals, the year they won the World Series, they were like 19 and 35, 32 or something to start the year. And so look, you can even have a multiple, multiple month bad start, let alone one game. So let's, we are not overreacting to one game, but the opening day roster, the Giants made some moves. They made a trade. They acquired outfielder Matt Beatty from the Kansas City Royals in exchange for cash considerations and selected him to the Major League roster. Roberto Perez uh, was selected to the Major League roster, which we knew was going to happen. Sean Jelly was was optioned to AAA Sacramento, but he was in New York on the taxi squad. And so this is kind of one of those examples, as we'll get into in a minute, where it's like he's optioned for now, but I think he's done enough in the spring where he's going to get an opportunity soon. It just wasn't right now, but he's there. This was the surprise. Bryce Johnson, along with non-surprises, Sergio Romo, Casey Schmidt, and Austin Wins were reassigned. So they were on minor league deals. They're not on the 40-man roster, so they don't have to be optioned. They're just reassigned. But Bryce Johnson, we thought he was going to make that team, but the acquisition of Beatty kind of pushed Johnson aside. Uh, and then in terms of putting guys on the IL, Luis Gonzalez was placed on the 60-day IL that opened up a 40-man spot. Hanniger went on the 10-day IL, retroactive to the 27th of March. Slater, same thing, 10-day IL, retroactive to March 27th. Zapucky on the 60-day IL, so that opens up another 40-man spot. Luke Jackson, a little bit of a surprise that he's placed on the 15-day injured list and not the 60-day injured list. And so indicating they're hopeful that he can be back before two months go through. He was one of their major league uh, signings over the offseason, 
And he had Tommy John last year and he's coming back. And the question was, will he go on the 60 day or not? And he doesn't, at least initially. And also, how about this? Steven Piscotti requested his release and it was granted, which is a little bit surprising as well. We He had said he was happy to go to the minor leagues and try to earn a shot on the team. But I, I guess not. Something changed there. Or he just wasn't being honest when he said it. But I'm assuming he was. Anyway, the news is Bryce Johnson and Sean Jelly not making it. When Farhan Zaidi, this is what I, what kind of rubs me the wrong way, basically made it sound like they were going to make that opening day team when he was interviewed during a spring game like a week ago, basically. And so what bothers me is like, why even say it if you're ultimately not going to do it? And I'm guessing what happened is that Matt Beatty became available and they didn't think he would. And so it changed their plans. And then also as a consequence here, Brett wisely made the opening day team. And so wisely became like that center field option, even though he's an infielder by trade, they were so impressed with him in center field in the spring that they kind of see him as the guy that Johnson could have been but it had to do with, okay, we need to take on Matt Beatty and add him to the roster. And then it didn't create room for uh, Bryce Johnson. And so it's it's kind of got my head spinning a little bit, all these moves that they made. And I understand why they did it. And what they did is they went with 12 pitchers and 14 position players, whereas we were kind of speculating that they might go 13 and 13 which is the norm, and it's probably what they're going to do for most of the season. The maximum number of pitchers you can have is 13, uh, and they went with 12. And the reason they're going with 12 probably is because they have two off days in the first handful of days of the season. They're off tomorrow, and then they're off on Tuesday. And so you can get away with having a shorter pitching staff for now. And so that's where I think Sean Jelly comes into play. And when they do go back to 13 pitchers, uh, which will probably be – I would imagine like on Tuesday, maybe in Chicago, that he would be the first guy added. Uh, but in terms of having a deeper bench, what it allowed them to do is pinch hit more and including pinch hit for the catchers because Joey Bart did make this team. Roberto Perez did get the start, which is really interesting. And I discussed it in a mailbag question. I think it was yesterday. Uh, somebody asked, I think it was Manny asked, who's going to start at catcher on opening day. And I think I said it may actually be Roberto Perez, even though people aren't really thinking that was going to happen because of his defensive ability and that it's better than Bart's. And also Garrett Cole is just a really tough pitcher. And so David VR also didn't start. But if you think about the strikeout and the swing and miss uh, tendencies of a David VR and a Joey Bart, it kind of makes sense to me to avoid exposing them to Garrett Cole especially with VR, kind of an uppercut swing. I mean, also with Bart, with the extreme strikeout tendencies. He's just not really the guy, but it didn't matter, right? He struck out everybody anyway. So maybe you're overthinking it a little bit, but I don't. I wouldn't have liked the matchup, certainly with Bart. And also I get it with VR and going with Flores instead at third. It's just a tough matchup with Garrett Cole, given that his fastball is so elite and it has that kind of hop to it, that illusion of rising uh, because of the high spin. So, but by having a deeper bench, it did allow them to pinch hit for Roberto Perez with, you know, a lefty and then bring in Bart. And so they were able to, to make some pinch hitting moves. The Giants did, uh, they pinch hit for Yastrzemski with J.D. Davis. They pinch hit and then Davis moved to first. Lamont Wade moved to left and he had started at first, uh, taking out Blake Sable. David Villar pinch hit for that for him. And then Brett Wisely went in to play defense in place of VR, but 
in the outfield. They this is how the Giants run things a little bit, and it can be a l- somewhat hard to keep track of. But then they were able to pinch hit Beatty for Roberto Perez, and you know if the game's on the line, and Perez, as we know, doesn't have a great track record of hitting, and Bart. Likewise, doesn't have a great track record of hitting, especially against a righty. You're able to go to that lefty. And so it was nice to have Beatty in that spot. He ended up striking out, but it's a better probability of him doing something than it would have been if it was Perez or Bart. And so I get it in that sense. But when all is said and done, you've kind of gone against what you said you were going to do with Bryce Johnson and Sean Jelly here. So Coming up in just a minute, who is Matt Beatty? Why did the Giants target this guy? And what does he have over Bryce Johnson in terms of why did they choose him over the guy they said they were going to put on the roster and going with defense and speed and not doing that? Why did they do this? We'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do. All right, as promised, who is Matt Beatty? Well, Matt Beatty is someone who was on the Dodgers for a few years there, starting in 2019. He was drafted by the Dodgers when Farhan Zaidi was their president of uh, was their general manager. And so, he was in camp with the Kansas City Royals as I mentioned. Uh and in his Dodgers career, I mean, he was a better than average offensive player, but not a good defender. And so, this it's interesting. Like I, I really do think that this may just be a temporary thing where they're looking to get some offense off the bench in certain situations, and it did allow them to do that. But so you're carrying that 14 position players, and Beatty. Basically, when I look, he's got negative seven defensive runs saved in his outfield career, negative nine outs above average. In at third base, he's only played 69 innings, but negative one defensive run saved, negative two outs above average. At first base, negative four defensive run saved, negative three outs above average. And so it's very on brand for the Giants here to target a guy who they think can hit a little bit, but is a problematic defender. And so the good news, I would imagine, is that he's probably not going to play the field. But the bad news is, like I said, it just... Like Farhan Zaidi was saying that they intend to go more internal this year. And look, just because of one move prior to one game, it doesn't mean that that's going to ultimately prove not to be true. But he basically said, we want to like reward our own players. And we think that we have the, you know, talent in-house to be able to be the answer when we, when we have a need on the roster and, you know, immediately they go out and they do the opposite of that in terms of getting Beatty. And so like I am saying, I would imagine that they did not anticipate that he was going to become available. And the other thing about Beatty is that he's arbitration eligible for, uh, let's see, before arbitration eligible for the 2024 season. So he still has a pre-arbitration year this year and then three years of arbitration afterwards. He has a minor league option remaining and he's not a free agent until uh, the conclusion of the 2025 season. So that would seem to make him eligible for arbitration this year. Anyway, what I'm saying is he's a guy who they can send down. So I think that they just really kind of wanted to get this guy into their system and, and it worked out in this way in that it ended up having the consequence of being not being able to reward a guy like Bryce Johnson. And then again, you're not rewarding Sean Jelly now, but I think that as soon as you go back to 13 pitchers, you will be. But 
it's got a stink for Johnson. And then the other thing is Brett Wisely was told last night that he wasn't going to make the team and his parents were going to fly in to New York. And then the Giants had a change of plans. And so he does make the team. And then his parents were not able to get into New York. And so it's just, it's not a good look for the San Francisco Giants. I understand like a lot of the moves on paper. I think it's fine. Like Bryce Johnson, I don't believe is going to hit much. At least that that's what the kind of minor league track record suggests to me. He's been about league average in AAA. And if you believe that the majors are harder than the minors, which they are, of course, then being league average in AAA translates to below average at the major league level. And uh, in this game in particular, they didn't need defense and speed. They needed hitters. They needed to come back with offense. And so Bryce Johnson wouldn't have done them any good in this first game, at least. And defensively, the Giants were fine. They didn't really make any, there were no issues defensively in this game that I can recall. So Anyway, Brett Wisely, I mean, he made his Major League debut, as did Blake Sable. Neither of them really did anything, but they're guys the Giants believe in. Those are guys kind of rewarding your guys. They do make that team. And so let's not forget that Wisely and Sable, not that they're kind of homegrown. They've been acquired from the outside in recent months, but still young players getting an opportunity. And you're going to see a lot of that this season, and we think it's going to come from within. But the very first move says otherwise at least for today. But moving forward, I think Jelly and Johnson and Schmidt and all these guys, Kyle Harrison, they'll get their shots. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.